Welcome to a new podcast where we're breaking through and breaking it down with a new girl, your host, Dawn Piercy. Welcome to a new podcast. My name is Dawn Piercy. I am your host and I am so excited to bring you Brian Ray. He's a former child star actor and the biggest Britney Spears fan you will ever meet. So much so that he has spent $100,000 to look like Britney Spears. Yes, and um, Brian, I am so excited to have you as a new guest tonight on a new podcast. I know it's been a hot minute because I get a waiting list. How are you doing? Well, thank you so much for having me. I have been such a big fan of your podcast and you, so it is an absolute honor to be speaking with you. I'm so excited. Well, you rock. Now, life before Britney, I got to ask, okay, <laughs> had it, was it boring for you? Um, tell us what it was like being a child star and when did that decision come to take such a big step in your life? So, you know, growing up from a very, very early age, um, I definitely knew that I was, I was different than the other kids. Um, and even my mom, I come from a, a single mother and I have two younger siblings. And by age like three or four, I was, you know, dancing and performing anytime family would come over. You know, I was just, it was Brian was putting on a show. Everyone's going to take a seat. Mm -hmm. So very, very early on, my mom kind of knew, you know, Brian is definitely different than the rest of the kids. And I was, I just gravitated toward acting and theater and dance and singing just any type of performing that i could do any you know i i didn't even care if i was good at it i just wanted to perform in front of people and have fun right so it, it came to me really really early on that this this was sort of what i was meant to do and this was my passion okay okay nice now what what shows were you in growing up um that we may recognize? So I, I did quite a few appearances on Nickelodeon's Are You Afraid of the Dark? Okay. Um, I also, I did so much theater. I did theater here on the West Coast as well as on the East Coast. Um, so I was constantly traveling back and forth doing theater. I'm just so full of energy and just honestly, any, any gigs that I could get as a kid, I was Oh my goodness, I just had so much energy and drive and, you know, I didn't even want to go to school. I was kind of like, this is just what I want to do. Like, I, I think I told my mom when I was like seven years old, you know, I know what I want to do. Like, I love this it. is it, mom. This, this. I love it. You know what? I grew up in theater and dance too. So I was always going to auditions and the excitement of it. And, and the, with the theater, you know, you've got that hot light beaming on you. And it's like the audience don't even exist. And then you just go into your realm. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Now, what was it like to meet Brittany for the first time? So the first time I met Brittany, um, I was actually vacationing in Hawaii. We were on the island of Maui at the time. And it was... Probably, if not the most surreal moment of my life, because I had no idea that, you know, she was vacationing on the island as well. And we were kind of having like an off day. 
my mom mm-hmm. had planned for us to go to this specific beach, which is a really well-known, beautiful beach. And we got there and there was just a shark sighting. So the beach had been completely shut down. And so my mom was kind of like, oh, well, that kind of ruins our plans a little. Like, what are we going to do? And so my mom was like, let's just take a drive, you know, up the island. And we did. And we found this, like, tiny little flea market. And mm-hmm. I, I'm talking tiny, okay? Like, little, little tents with local food and arts and crafts and stuff like that. And I kind of separated from my family and went exploring on my own. And I was in this tent, like, smaller than the size of, like, an office cubicle. And um, someone else came in behind me. And it, I, I heard, like, a, a little soft-spoken southern voice. And I remember thinking in my head, oh, my goodness, that sounds like Brittany. And sure enough, I turn around, and there she was. Like, it was, it was so surreal. And I think even more so because, you know, I grew up in L.A. Mm-hmm. And living in LA like you do see celebrities and famous people like that's not an unusual experience um I was like oh my goodness like I'm on vacation in Hawaii of all places and I literally meet my my idol my to me the biggest celebrity in the world my biggest inspiration and I thought that that was really cool because it wasn't you know she wasn't surrounded by hundreds of paparazzi or fans and it wasn't like it was a meet and greet kind of thing it was just very organic Mm -hmm. so it will always be a really special experience for me very nice very nice now i know from my research that you spent over a hundred thousand dollars so far um you look stunning by the way and thank you are, are you done with having work or is it something um that you are going to continue having done or where are you at with that? And do you feel comfortable and, and love yourself, you know, and feel whole? You know, I, I want to make it clear that there, there was never, even at the beginning, um, moments of me not loving myself. It never, my modifications and my plastic surgery mm-hmm. journey never came from a place of, I didn't love myself. Um, so for me, it was always sort of like, I started with my veneers, okay. um, which my mom, my mom gifted me for my 17th birthday. And that was 25,000. And, you know, they were modeled after Britney Spears' smile because I, I was just, I mean, still to this day, I, I, I think that her smile can literally light up the world. And, you know, it, it's it's an evolving thing for me. It I can't say that I'll, I'm done and I'll never get any more work done. I think mm-hmm. that once you do begin investing um, in the way that I have, there is maintenance that comes along with that. Right. So, you know, I think if I were to just stop completely, that I would sort of be throwing away my, my investment that I made in myself. Right. Uh, but, you know, I do have, like, little things that I, I still want to want to get done and fun little things that I want to try out. I, I went through a phase where I was really into lip filler, and I it, it took me a little while to kind of figure out, like, oh, my goodness, I think I overdid it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I it, it's 
weird because you, I didn't see it, but sort of like everyone around me saw it. And I was kind of like, no, what are they talking about? You know? And then kind of just one day it clicked, I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh my goodness, I really kind of overdid it with lip filler. So I haven't had lip filler in almost three years. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, you look great. Just, you look great. Thank you. So I, I've used plumping lipstick, but that's just about, you know, all I've done. I've got my, my ears pierced and a couple tattoos. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love it. Now, were you scared the first time? And, and does do you get any less scared or nervous each time as time goes on? So my first cosmetic procedure was my veneers. Now, it was very difficult at 16 years old to find a cosmetic dentist to essentially break all of my teeth. You know, and my it wasn't like I my teeth were unhealthy. Right. I had, you know, my I had braces as a kid, and I just wanted veneers. I wanted that Britney smile. So it it took a little while for us to find a cosmetic dentist who was like, this procedure really isn't designed for a sixteen year old with healthy teeth. So they did want to put me out for that. Um, I I opted not to. Um, and I, I was really adamant toward my mom uh -huh. that, hey, I want to be awake for this. I want to watch it because I had this sort of curiosity inside. I wanted to, and this is quite a long procedure. It was about six and a half, seven hours the first time. And that's them literally shaving down all of my teeth. And they also did laser contouring on my gum line because... Okay. I didn't want, when I smile, I didn't really want any gum showing. Right. That's how the pretty smile is. So they did the laser surgery with the contouring, and then they filed all of my teeth down to the size of, like, a sharp tic-tac. And so I'm awake for this entire process when I'm 16 years old, and let me tell you, I took a restroom break, and they gauzed me up, and they said, whatever you do, do not take off the gauze and look in the mirror. Me being me, I, when I was in the restroom, I was like, no, I have to see this. Like, my my face had white, like, white powder all over it. Like, my face was completely white, and that was my teeth. So they, you know, I'm shaving them down. And I took off the gauze, and it looked like, you know, a gremlin teeth, or like a bit, something in a horror movie. And I was, I was still fascinated by it. I was like, oh my goodness, and they're going to, you know, they just destroyed my teeth, but they're going to put these beautiful veneers over them. And I had no idea going into it that it, I knew that it would change the physical, how I look. Mm -hmm. But what I didn't know is how it would make me feel on the inside. And that's when it was like, there is no stopping now. If I could change my teeth, I could change anything. So I am here for it. I was going to say, was it like full speed ahead? Like there's no stopping now, right? Like when Yeah, I, yeah, I became really fascinated with um, any cosmetic procedures, plastic surgery, just the fact that we doctors have the ability to alter your appearance and what it does to you on the inside is... is magical like I don't even have the words to fully describe mm -hmm. how it made me feel 
That's 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 a good thing. At any point, were you not satisfied with any of the results that you got? Um, I will say that when I had my first nose job, I was not completely satisfied. Um, I did have like a little hump mm-hmm. on the bridge of my nose, and I I got that procedure for my twenty first birthday from my mom. My mom has my mom has been so supportive. She took me for my first Botox when I was twenty, um, and my first fillers. So my mom is like super super supportive. But I wasn't happy with my first nose procedure, um, so I. I kind of left it alone because you do kind of hear horror stories with the nose. The nose is such a delicate thing where, you know, too many procedures and your nose is just going to be non-existent. It's going to collapse. You're going to have breathing problems. So I kind of left it alone. And about two years ago, I thought, you know what, maybe it's time to do something about it. So coincidentally enough, the doctors from Botch got in contact with me. I've seen that. Yeah, and I thought, okay, perfect. Like, I'll have, you know, Dr. Nassif to do my nose. Like, how iconic would that be? But, you know, he took a look at it, and I was on the show. And definitely, I cannot have another nose procedure, or else my nose will collapse. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, you don't want to do that. Definitely don't want to do that. So Definitely not. (laughs) Now, you've been on several shows. One of them botched, (laughs) Entertainment Tonight. (laughs) Um, and, (laughs) And also a show that your work uh, that you worked on for two years, Plastics of Hollywood. Tell us a little bit about those shows. What was your experience like? And, um, and where can we see, see them? Well, of course. um, (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it all really starts with the Plastics of Hollywood. That is, I owe so much of, of my career and, the things that I've been able to accomplish from from that show and the creator of that show, Marcella Iglesias, um, who is also my agent and manager. She created that show. She put together the cast of that show. And from that, I've been able to, you know, do Botched, Entertainment Tonight, Inside Edition. I've been on E! News a couple of times. Um, I did a docu-series in Europe called Plastic and Proud, um, I've been on uh, an episode of Barcroft. Uh, I'm working on a wedding show here in the States. It's a really big network. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that. And, you know, it's, I just feel really, really lucky that, um, I have someone in my corner like Marcella who believes in people like me, people that are, you know, considered weird or different or eccentric. You know, she she roots for us, and really, without her, I wouldn't be um, where I am today. Okay. Now, for our listeners, you can go. Um, I, well, I guess what I was going to ask um, for our listeners, I've set up a bio page for Brian. Um, when you go to our platform, a new click on Brian's feature photo. It will take you to all the interactive links where you can follow. You can actually tune into some of those videos there. Um, other ones that where, where can we see plastics of Hollywood and, and for those that don't go to our platform, where can they follow you? 
So Plastics of Hollywood, it, it's so interesting because it has really got such like this cult following all around the world. We It's aired in Norway. It's aired in um, Germany. Um, it's aired in the UK. It's not here in the States yet. Okay. Yet. Keyword yet. Um, but it's definitely something that Marcella is still working on. But it's sort of, you know, we've all been in, all of us have had so much immediate attention um, globally. And from that, there's been so much interest in different countries outside of the U.S. Right. Um, that's really allowed us to expand the brand and have the show be seen in different countries and for us to do a lot of traveling. And so it's going to be dancing. brand new when it does come to America. It's going to be brand new, like we're going to get to watch it for the first time. So I guess it's something that we can expect to see in the future so that's a good thing yes to be excited for exactly right yes. absolutely if there's one thing that you could say to the world what would it be follow your dreams follow your heart and literally never ever ever give up on your passion and your dreams because you know i've been in the entertainment industry since i was four years old and it it didn't really find success where I was sort of, you know, making a living doing what I love until I was 31 years old. And it just takes perseverance, hard work. And, and that's another reason why I love Britney Spears so much. You know, she, she didn't come from much. She, her family didn't have a lot of money. She came from you know, middle America, but she was a person with drive and with a dream. So mm -hmm. I think that that's the message that, that I would send out to anyone to believe in yourself and never ever give up. Now, do you ever get mistaken for her when you're out on the streets? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no. People I don't get mistaken for her. I, I kind, they kind of just know me as you know the person who spent X amount of dollars to look like Britney, and <laughs> um, but never. You know, she, she's a, a one of a kind beauty. So yeah, if that is. ever did happen, I would. I would be like, I mean, I've had people say, oh, I think you're, you know, you're prettier than Brittany or, and I'm like, no, no, that's not possible. So thank you, but that's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where we can follow you at for our listeners. So for Instagram, that's going to be bray416, that's B-E-E-R-A-Y 416, and Facebook, Brian Ray. Okay, great. And like I said, go to our platform, anewpodcast.com, and everything's clickable there. Well, it's been great having you on as a new guest, Brian. Now, for you, our audience, if you like this episode, be sure to click like and share so other people can enjoy it. And uh, comment, subscribe so you don't miss any a new guest. And if you feel fit to buy me a cup of coffee once a month for bringing you these episodes... You can do so on our anchor.fm platform under new podcast. And this podcast is available on the streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and wherever available. So be sure to follow. This is Dawn Piercy signing out and Brian Ray. Until next time, keep it real.